Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. everybody welcome back to the show i'm titus your host today on the mvm show and got another guest i told you you guys we'd be belting the episodes out getting two out a week and having all kinds of guests on and i'm excited to have clay turpin on today he uh he's on the line with me right now and um he reached out to me and man i was looking at his stuff and i was like man this is cool this guy is kind of doing all the stuff that i'm trying to do and and uh, anyways, it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show today, Clay. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk. Like, um, Let's just start. I don't want to jump and get a, the cart ahead of the horse, but let's start out uh, uh, just growing up and kind of where you grew up and how you learned about kind of the stuff you were telling me about your dad, how just everything he's kind of raised you and your guys' Avery and just roll into now. Yeah, so um, I was probably four years old. Ever since I can remember, my dad, he was a real big duck hunter. Um, he started me out hunting Lake Michigan. Um, we did a lot of diver hunting. But we also have a lot of marsh and stuff. So like, as far as back as I can remember, it was just duck hunting with my dad. And mm-hmm. he, uh, he, he grew up doing it just like I did. And uh, you know, I was really lucky to grow up in a house like that. Um, just showing me you know, the proper way to do things, how to hunt proper hunting etiquette just all kinds of awesome things i was lucky to have um but yeah so that's pretty much (laughs) like don't doing it since i was young with my dad and um you know like you said you mentioned the avery um that's another thing as far back as i can remember we had ducks i mean we've had just about every species you could think of Mm -hmm. as far as like tree ducks we got divers all kinds of ducks just growing them was kind of just a fun thing to do and uh 
yeah pretty cool <laughs> you guys live so you guys live on some property a decent amount of property i'm assuming or yeah uh we have five acres okay um and then like i say we have a pond and um couple different pens that we keep them in usually yeah i seen uh so thomas uh got some property he's at, kind of out in the country now and w- out of the city and he's got a few acres or whatever and um we were talking about it i was telling him that i was i actually we worked out this morning um before he went to work i was getting off work because i'm on night shifts right now and he's getting ready to go to work anyways i ran over there we did a quick workout or whatever and i was talking to him about you know having you on this podcast and everything and having the avery and he's like dude you want we should do that out here and i'm like let's do it so maybe we'll start <laughs> kind of uh kind of got us all excited to maybe start doing something like that but uh, like i'm imagining having that really helps you just get to watch the reaction and how they act and what weather does to them huh yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. Like, uh, it, it definitely has changed a lot for me. Just even you can go out there and study the birds, just watch how they react. Like, mm-hmm. you can hear what they really sound like in person. Because a lot of times when you're out in the field, you know, you don't really get to hear some of those sounds. Like, I know very, very seldom do we hear like a green winged teal whistle mm-hmm. when we're out hunting. But like back home, when we're sitting out there, we'll hear them all the time. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I try and tell other people that, like, especially when they're newer. And they're not really sure. I, I tell them, come over to our house, just sit here with me and listen to the birds. Like, it's just, it really, it's awesome to see. And you can see how they, watching them like dive in the ponds and just how they act. It's, it's, it's pretty helpful in my opinion. Oh, I bet. So what kind of, I mean, not that you got to name every single bird that you have out there, but what, uh, I, I looked on your Instagram page, by the way, everybody, if you want to check his page out, it's pretty cool. Turpin, T-U-R-P-I-N, Clay22, um, on Instagram. And I guess, what you, I don't know if you want to say something about Facebook, too. People want to, you probably do more uh, on I'm, Instagram, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I post on Facebook a lot also. It's just okay. Clay Turpins. I okay. opened any friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, um, what, what I seen that you kind of had, didn't you have some hybrids out there or what, did you just have some kind you, I know you had a big heel till, which I'm not saying that's a hybrid. I'm just saying, didn't you have a big yeah. heel till out there and some other stuff? We got all kinds of birds. We have like, you know, you said bakel teals. We have mandarins. We even have white mandarins, Bahama pintails, just some like tufted ducks and, you know, weird species that you don't see in the Americas, but we also have a lot of stuff like canvas, black, canvas bags, bluebills. Um, gadwall, pintails, you know, just all kinds of birds, <laughs> whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah. Well, l- l- let me ask you that. Like if someone was wanting to start, have that, maybe something small, not quite. It sounds like you guys, how many birds do you think you have? Um, we're somewhere in the upper fifties right now. Oh. Um, we, we lost quite a few to some hawks. We had a hawk problem this last year. So, um, we lost quite a few, but oh. I mean. We have ducks and geese. We got um, like specks and uh, barnacle geese and huh. um, uh, um, cacklers, I'll, whatever. Like I said, whatever we can get our hands on. <laughs> yeah. Well, if someone was wanting to start something like that, hint, hint, maybe possibly us. <laughs> well, how would you suggest doing that? I mean, you definitely need a pin, I guess, right? Like kind of make a homemade yeah. pin. Like what, what would you do to get started if you're someone cold turkey getting into it? So, yeah, the first thing I would do, like you mentioned, is build a pen. Um, I would definitely make sure, depending on your area, you have some sort of top to the pen because 
Um, we've had real problem, like I said, with the Hawks. So you want to have a top that you may, that, um, can stop them from, you know, the Hawks. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, like I said, just need to make sure you have water and we feed them chicken food. And, uh, another thing that, you know, we make sure is around the bottom, you want to have like a real small, like uh, fencing because like we had a problem with raccoons just like getting at the ducks through the fence. So, Mm. um, yeah, you just gotta be careful for that stuff. But, um, you can, so like what we do is there's, uh, like bird sales pretty close to our area. We usually go to, but there's also some groups on Facebook that, um, there's a lot of people that will post like birds that they have hatching or what they have for sale, that type of thing. So you can send them through the mail. So since it's a federal, federal birds, uh, that's totally legal to sell them live like that. Or like, how's that all work? Is there anything weird there with paperwork or anything? Um, it usually varies from state to state, but I know like for us, you have to have, uh, um, like a license to sell them. Um, you usually don't have to have a license to buy them, but like I said, it varies from state to state and I'm not, um, I'm not really sure about (laughs) much other states other than Indiana. Hmm. Have you ever, have you ever heard of that guy on, uh, Facebook, Ben Pierce? Yeah. Oh yeah. I talk. me and my dad, we talk to Ben all the time. Yeah, you, everybody listening, you should check that guy out. He does some really cool – he has a lot of hybrids and crossbreeds and stuff like that. But I yeah. think – do you guys have – have you ever bought any birds from him? Because he sells birds too, doesn't he? Yeah, um, I know he sells – so I've seen a lot that he's been selling um, like some of his deceased birds for mm. taxidermy purposes. Mm. Um, we've never actually bought live birds from him. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he definitely has a lot going on over there, especially yeah. with the hybrids, being a bird biologist and – all that so yeah that's that's really neat what he's got going on there too but all right yeah i was just kind of curious about that i know that's not was main topic that we were going to talk about but i thought just it's kind of intriguing uh travis i don't you know i guess you probably know who travis is right yeah he he's a really good taxidermist in my opinion and uh he's had pheasants i think he may have had one or two ducks but Anyways, he lives in town a little bit, so I don't, I can't remember if he's had a mallard or not, but I know he's had pheasants for sure. He had some for a long time, just, just to have them or whatever. But anyways, I'm, I'm really serious. I think Thomas is too about doing that. So I just kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit and, you know. Yeah. If you, if you ever have any questions, you can always, uh, just ask away. We'll try and help however we can. I can even send you some of those Facebook groups just okay. to, at least to get you started. Yeah. Know? Yeah, to maybe you know buy or whatever, like you said. Do you buy them just as ducklings, or do you get them when they're older? Um, so we usually buy them after they're a little older, mm-hmm. just because like a lot. Sometimes you have the problem when the, if people send them when they're young. The you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so or some when, people do the eggs. They'll okay. Like sell, sell eggs too, and we like I said, that's not guaranteed. So right. We, no, we that try and get them in. So do they? How are they shipped? Do are they? You usually do overnight. You have to do overnight shipping, and it's just a special box. It's really expensive for the overnight shipping, but um, I mean, it's kind of what you're limited to, unless, like I said, unless you have those live animal sales somewhat close to you. Huh. I think we drive four hours up to uh, Wisconsin for ours. So, and what what made your dad kind of get into that? Was it just like just kind of he loves duck hunting and he loves waterfowl, so just kind of a fun thing to do, or was there did he have yeah. a um, just a hobby. I'm, I'm say just kind of a hobby. I mean, when he grew up, his parents, him and his mom, used to raise a lot of quail. So they did a like a whole bunch of quail, and then he just 
he says, just as fascinated as I am with the whole ducks and duck hunting and anything duck related. Um, yeah. So that's, he just kind of started out like that and it's just how it's always been. <laughs> yeah. Well, like we were talking the other day, I said, I totally get that because it doesn't never shut off for me. I'm thinking about waterfowl, honestly, all year round. So there's a few weird, weird ones of us out there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody's like that. But anyways, um, well, let's get into next. Let's talk about like your head, your taxidermy, your head mounts. Um, you, you, you had mentioned that, um, oh, what's that, pa- that big page on Instagram? Um, outdoor TV, I think. No, the, the one that shared your video. I mean, outdoor did oh, too. Oh, Split Read? Yeah, Split Read. Yeah, so they shared your video. I, I actually had never seen it on there. I don't, I don't think I'm following them or nothing, but you sent that deal to me and I thought that is it because see, I've, I've mounted, I've only mounted probably 14, 15 birds, I think. Um, a couple for friends for free, right? Cause I'm learning. And, but the good yeah. thing is I had Travis as an instructor. So, I mean, that really increased my skill level pretty quick just cause he helped me a lot instead of going cold turkey like he did. Cause I mean, he had for a long time there, he had no one showing him until he went to this guy you named Eugene in Montana. But, uh, Anyways, um, how did it, have you done full like full mounts, or did you just always do the head mount thing, or what do you call it? You call it like a shoulder mount because I mean it reminds me of like a deer where it stops at the shoulders yeah. almost. <laughs> I say everyone has a little different name. At least on the videos I had, there's some comments call them shoulder mounts, head mounts, bust mounts. I always just call them head mounts just because that's the main thing. Like I, like I said, I think the best part of the duck is the head. So right. <laughs> I mean it's just. Most colors, it's, I don't know, it's my favorite part, so it's a nice way to show them off. But uh, I've done a couple full-body mounts. I'm, I'm not the most patient person, so um, <laughs> it, it gets a little tough. But my dad started, he had told me, because I, I was bringing home these birds, and they would, like, their head was just great. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of their body would be shot up. I'm like, man, it just sucks to waste such a nice bird. So then he told me, he's like, yeah, back in, like, the 80s, I used to do these mounts where you just do the head and, you know, it's really simple, pretty quick. And then he showed me how to do it. And like my first, like I said, my first couple weren't that great, but, uh, you know, the more you do it, the better, better you get. So yeah, it definitely helped having someone just show me what to do. (laughs) Like you mentioned, cold turkey's hard. Right. Oh yeah. Especially like you said, for waterfowl. I mean, I guess probably any type of taxidermy, just cold turkey, I'd be, I'd be really, that'd be a long learning process. I think I feel like, but, uh, um, I'm kind of curious. So like beans that I have done it, um, I guess why Travis always makes fun of me and gives me a hard time. Cause he's like, why are you not over here? You, you know, you can do it. You do a decent job. And I'm like, dude, I, there's just levels. There's things, certain things I don't like doing. I mean, I don't like, <laughs> I don't care to flesh them out. I don't mind skinning them out. Fleshing it is kind of a pain. And I always get a little lazy. I'm like, ah, that's good enough. Travis like, no, you got more fat on there. You got to get off. <laughs> but then also like the sewing up part, like to make that look really good and clean on the breast, you know, it's, it can be kind of tough yeah. and I always struggle on that. But, uh, I'm just curious doing, let's just, let's call it a bust mount. Cause I mean, I've seen the, uh, swans and how they do that too. And that's what they call it. But where are you Where's your cutting cut? Can you walk me through how you do that? Like from start to finish? Yeah. So, um, I usually start like right where their wings start mm-hmm. on their body and I just cut down along the breast and then up on the top. Um, I just kind of follow that. And then, um, 
just start skinning from there. You go up to the neck. Um, I use the actual skulls. So oh, well. I just I basically skin it up to the, like the base of the head of the skull mm. and cut them off there. And then for, after that, you just kind of start, like I said, fleshing and, um, you know, skinning, getting it clean. And uh, so, I mean, once that's done, then you kind of have to cut like underneath the bill. You kind of make a, like a small incision enough to fold the skull kind of like outside of that. And then you kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to explain over right. the no, phone, it's okay. But, I understand. I, I do. It is is kind of visually if you're not looking at it. So you're yeah, making so an you, incision under the bot the bottom bill. Yeah, and it just so right, right where the bill like meets the head, and you kind of go down the neck just a little bit to where you can kind of f- fold uh, the yeah. head out inside out, so uh-huh. you can you got to clean out you know like the the meat inside of there and the eyes and all that. Mm-hmm. So you you basically just clean that up real good, and then I. After that, I usually take it into the sink and wash it with Dawn, get all the yep. grease off and all that. Then, I mean, from there, you just put the – I use clay to fill up, fill the head in, um, like, you know, where you took out the brains mm-hmm. and whatever else. Fill that stuff in, put the eyes in, sew up that uh, that incision on the neck, and then use, uh, like, wire for the, um, the neck. And then uh, – so, st- then I stuffed the bre- uh, breast with the, uh, like I use pillow stuffing. Mm, okay. And so you, you stuff the breast with that, then just sew it up into like, kind of like a ball and then mount it on the driftwood. It's, oh. I say it's pretty simple. It goes pretty quick. Um, like you said, cleaning, like you said, fleshing is just <laughs> pain in the butt. So, right. I mean, well, when you said sewing, then I just, I just, you just lost me. I was like, well, I guess I won't be doomed by smells. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not really that difficult. Cause like you said, you do under the neck and that, that one could be a pain, but like when you do down by the breast, it's like very, so you basically just got to figure out a way to bring all the pieces yeah. of that skin together. Yeah. Just how, so it doesn't fall out. How long do you think it takes you to do one? Um, at this point about two hours. Okay. That's a lot quicker than a full one. That's for sure. Yeah, and, no. <laughs> and you don't gotta easier. touch. You don't gotta touch up the bill or the because it's since it's the natural one that it don't fade out over time. Oh no, it does. So usually after I sew it up, put it on the driftwood, and get the feathers going, I let it sit for about like two weeks, and then, uh, like I said, since it's the actual bill, it'll like the blood will drain out of it and it'll lose its color. So then you have to paint it. Hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll, sh- I'll uh, I'm gonna share that video on my Instagram story, and uh, I'll, I guess I'll tag you in it or whatever. But I'll I'm gonna show you guys that follow on Instagram, uh, do on Facebook too. But it's pretty interesting. I I like it. Um, maybe I wouldn't want every bird on you know of like all the 41 like that. But it would be nice to me. Like I was telling Thomas, like um, oh my mind just went blank. What's what's the um. Mergan like uh like mergansers maybe like have like a row of like a hood of merganser you know like have them lined up like you do on that driftwood upright I think that's yeah. really cool because yeah it's, it's cool because <laughs> if you're trying to save space you know what I mean you can all it's like I don't know how many birds I got in here because I have like one of each I probably have thirty of the forty one maybe something like that oh, wow and maybe twenty five twenty six but. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting a little claustrophobic in here, but yeah, it run out of room real quick. Yeah, with all those birds. <laughs> yeah, but hey, you know, it's like I love staring at them. I can think every time I, 
look at them, you know, I'm thinking back of that memory or whatever that uh, that goes with that bird specifically. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that because uh, I might be something I'd like to have at least one piece of driftwood with three or four birds on it. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. If you have any questions, like I said, if you ever have any questions, I'm more than willing to help. It's yeah. Pretty, I can even send videos of how I do it if that helps out. That'd be cool. That'd be, yeah, that'd be almost cool to make a YouTube video of that or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so let's get into, I think, kind of the more of the meat and potatoes of why you probably came on here and why I was interested in your story is just the traveling you did last year. Not saying that that was all you've done was last year but i mean you you, pr- you hit it pretty hot and heavy last year on traveling huh yeah yeah well, we started i started like beginning of september and i, I don't know probably five or six trips all the way through mid january so wow. it's kind of non-stop for a while is that kind of the first season that you really hit it that hard traveling yeah oh yeah this is like i said uh like i said the other day this is um Really, the first year since I graduated college, I had the ability to travel as much as I did. Um, I said, we usually do our yearly trip to North Dakota, but um, never really quite done anything like last year. <laughs> yeah. So what? How, tell us, uh, walk us through the year, take your time. You don't have to rush through it because I'd like to kind of hear the details of all your trips. Okay, so... Um, I'm I'm pretty lucky. I got I have a buddy down in Texas. He lives right by the Gulf of Mexico. So um, he kind of I was t- talking to him throughout the summer, and he said, "Oh, I want, you know, why don't you come down for teal season opener?" So me and a couple of my buddies we drove down there as um, beginning of September for their opening weekend of teal. Um, that <laughs> if you never had uh hunted texas teal that's something i would really recommend it's really i know you guys have a lot up in california but it's just i don't know compared to indiana it's it's just crazy and is it because i mean they're down there that thick during till season just because of the way the migration and till are usually you're like to stay a little bit in the warmer stuff huh i mean yeah because i i always i've there's a couple guys I've been talking to for a lot the last three years, and I swear up and down that I'm gonna get down there to hunt waterfowl one of these days. I haven't set a specific like, okay, I'm gonna go for till or for this or that. I just want to go, right? Yeah, I'm knock off the bucket list. But I mean, it's pretty hot and heavy with with till down there, huh? And when is it start like late September or early September? Um, it's usually the second weekend in September. Okay. Um, I've so I've been down to Texas a few times for regular season and teal season. Mm-hmm. Um, but like last year, I just, my friends had always said, Oh, Texas teal is crazy. They're everywhere. You know, it's fr- usually a bunch of fresh new birds, never been shot at. Um, and you know, everyone kind of has a stigma that teal are dumb. Right. So, um, just like you said, it's something I just really wanted to experience. So <laughs> just decided to make the trip down and it was definitely worth it. I have, we had a whole bunch of fun. How's the how's the pressure as far as other hunters? Um, it could get pretty bad. It kind of depends where you're at. Like, uh, my buddy, he knows a couple of people that are on some like leases and ranches, and it's not so bad. But um, we hunt a lot of public down there, mm-hmm. so like I know opening day there was probably like fifty trucks waiting to line up to mm-hmm. get to the public spot. Um, but I mean, pretty much after opening day, it wasn't so bad. Um. I said it. It just kind of depends. <laughs> hmm. 
Now, are you guys going out on a boat or are you walking in? Uh, so how the places that we go, there's like a gate and it's like an automated gate. So at four o'clock it'll open and everyone has to run. So you run down to like a levee <laughs> and you just, it's like I don't know, a couple miles long of this levee and there's water on both sides. You kind of walk out to where you want to hunt, hmm. that kind of thing. Interesting. Wow. It does sound like something I would want to do at some point. So yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Cause like you, you're in a foot race. Like, I don't know if there's videos online that are pretty similar. You know, once the gate opens, you drive down to the drop off spot and then you drop your buddy off and he runs to try and get whatever spot you guys want to hunt at. And, you know, there's a bunch of other people doing the same thing. So <laughs> that sounds like California refuges right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh. So you might, you could end up being right on top of people. I mean, like, or they'll come in on top of you almost. Yeah. You, you gotta be strategic about it. There's some ways to circumvent that. Mm. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You don't have to say it's okay. I, I, we have our <laughs> secrets too. Those are things that sometimes you don't always talk about uh, yeah. publicly. But. <laughs> so Texas till what, what's the limit? Is it, is it five or six down there? Uh, Oh man, I, I should know this. I feel really, I think it's six. Okay, that sounds that's it's either five or six. I'm, I, it's, yeah. it's, I've done a lot of hunting since I was down there, so yeah, right. So it's ma- it's mainly blue wings, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. mainly. Okay, so from Texas till in September, where'd you go next? So we came home for about uh two weeks and then we left and went right back. We went to North Dakota for the non-resident season opener. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a trip my dad's been doing for 20 so or so years. Mm-hmm. And then once I was old enough, then I started going with him and my brother and some of his friends. So we just go up there and freelance usually for around a week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> and by the way, I, I don't think I told anybody you're from Indiana. So, so you went yeah. Texas till the North Dakota opener and you guys guys have a good time i mean obviously you've been going that long you probably i'm sure you've built up some uh spots because i know how it is traveling out of state it takes it it don't happen overnight that's for sure <laughs> yeah and it's the way things are going up there it's getting harder and harder to find places to hunt you know like landowners are you know leasing it off and uh just getting rid of you know just the open land you know yeah it's so, a bummer I better yeah. get I better get up there before they completely shut that off altogether. Yeah, well, like so they have a thing up there where they will pay farmers to like give access to hunters. So like there's always that and then there's um, um ducks unlimited refuges and waterfowl projects. So like there's always going to be public land up there but I mean, you know, usually the best places are the <laughs> the little potholes yeah far off the roads that you can't really see. Yeah. Just got to do your scouting, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a great time. I mean, it's one of the few trips that I'm really able to take my dog with me and he gets a lot of work in a short period of time. So um it's just awesome to get to take him up there with us. Yeah, but so where do you go from there from North Dakota? Um, so after North Dakota I got home and then we did so I'm like right pretty close to the Michigan border. So, um, I have some friends that I went up there to do their opening day with, um, for, uh, duck and goose. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was just a one day thing. But after that, I went to Whittier, Alaska. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So 
I think it was, that was late November or no, sorry, beginning of November. I went to Whittier, Alaska. Um, I was just scrolling through Facebook and uh, one of the guides up there, his name's Randy Moseman. He said he had an opening and I just was looking at it. He had like two or three days and I was like, oh, you know, I kind of checked into it and I just decided, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I've been mm-hmm. wanting to go for so long. Mm-hmm. So I set up a kind of a last minute trip for that. Um, Did you, I'm just curious. I know sometimes they offer discounts when it's last minute and they're trying to fill a spot. Did you get to get a little bit of a discount or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He definitely mm-hmm. helped me out. Um, I think it, it was probably like two weeks before the actual hunt dates is when I uh, oh, wow. contacted him. So, mm-hmm. um, And that was for King Eider? No, so this was Whittier, which is um, like an hour and a half south of Anchorage. And um, it's like an old military base um, city. And so where you hunt over there is Prince William Sound. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of um, barrels, golden eyes, and harlequins. Mm. Oh, yeah. So Sweet. So I went over there with him. That was really cool. Um, they said, like I said, Prince William Sound, that's, that's some crazy hunting. You know, you're... There's mountains everywhere. And, um, like, where I stayed was Whittier, like I mentioned. And, like, it's, uh, um, like, an old military base, and it's right in between the mountains. So there's, like, a huge temperature gradient, which causes, like, crazy winds. So, like, one day I was there, it was 80-mile-an-hour winds. Just absolutely crazy. Everything is covered in ice. Like, it's it's some of the worst weather I've ever been in. Really? But, uh. Yeah, so I went up there, and like I said, the one day was 80-mile-an-hour winds. It was my first day there. We ended up not being able to hunt out on the boat, so I actually went up there and freelanced from from shore. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> you want to talk about crazy, fly a couple thousand miles and go freelance in a place yeah. you've never been. In Alaska. By yourself. By yourself. <laughs> yeah, by yourself, 80-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah. Yeah, so he gave me a couple decoys and showed me like one or two places. Like, hey, you might want to try sitting here. So I went over there and shot a couple birds. It was pretty cool, but um, just the experience. I mean, who? Yeah, like you said, <laughs> who cares if you one or two birds? The fact that you freelanced in a way in Alaska in a brutal place. That's that's a great memory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, some people would call it crazy, but uh, I definitely had found out a lot about myself that day. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh man, that's cool. I would have been with you. I would have totally did it. That's super it's, cool. What'd you what what'd you end up actually what bird did you actually end up shooting? Um, so believe it or not, when I was by myself, I ended up shooting a barrels golden eye and some uh common mergansers. Oh nice. Is that your, it, like I said, it was cool. <laughs> is that your first barrels you've shot? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a cool memory, dude. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. So luckily uh things got better though because um you know, the other days we were able to get out on the boat, and uh, it's, that's just an awesome experience. I mean, I have some YouTube videos that uh, I post of it, but like, there's just golden eyes everywhere. There were harlequins everywhere. Like, it was so fun. What's your channel? Is it Clay Turpin? Uh, yeah, I don't. I I kind of <laughs> I just start hiding my videos because I had pe- like I mentioned I had people following me. Uh, at the boat oh. ramp, they would they saw my videos of me shooting birds, uh, and uh, yeah. I'd catch them at the boat ramp, waiting for me to launch my boat. And then next thing I know, I'd see them behind me, following me to where I'm hunting. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like like yeah. you're talking about locally at home or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 
Yeah, you just, yeah. There's tricks to that. You just can't show where you launch and stuff. Is kind of helps <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. Well, there's um, only there's only two places to launch around. There are three places to launch around here. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Pretty. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um. But, uh, so okay, let me ask you this: that trip, if you don't mind sharing, that trip's way cheaper than the King Eiderdale, right? Yes, <laughs> a whole lot cheaper. Like a couple um, thousand. I mean, the tickets are probably the worst part of it, huh? So for me, it was five hundred and fifty dollars round trip to and from Anchorage. Oh, um, it probably depends when you book, where you go. Yep. Like uh, some people have like you typically when you go to Anchorage, depending on which flight, um, you'll have like layovers in uh, Seattle. Um, I did like a direct flight through there, but um, like I said, it all just depends what when you book and stuff like that. So, um, but. So the guy that I went with, he was pretty cheap on his daily rates. Uh, the reason I went with him is because he does the daily rates, so it's a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple other guys out there where they'll take you out and you live on the boat for uh, three or four days. They're a little bit pricier. But, um, yeah, I mean, this cheap trip, I think all in, I was around 1500 bucks With the tickets and him? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's not that bad at all. No, no. I'd not, do that in a heartbeat to go to to get a Harlequin and some barrels. Yeah. So well, Randy no. Mos Randy Mosman's the guy. Yeah. So what I was just about to say, the only problem is he said, according to him, he said that was his last year guiding. What? Um. Oh. Yeah. He said he he wants to you know hunt with some friends and family uh-huh. more because what he does he sets you up in like two groups and he's basically just running back and forth between you guys all yeah. day picking up birds because i mean there's you can't wait out there anywhere mm-hmm. so he's just picking up birds between the two groups doesn't get to really do much hunting but um oh, there's i know there's a couple guys out there um like one of them is crazy rays adventure he's he he's very successful out there you live on the boat for a couple of days like i said i think his run around like lower 2000s but um, I don't know if yeah, I'd want to no. live on the boat though. That'd be sick the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, so, really? Where they stay? It's like once you get out in Prince William Sound, the water is like usually really calm. It's just getting in and out of Whittier is you know a real pain. But after that, it's just like calm, flat water, no big deal. Mm. I'm not really familiar with that. Is are you? Is that bay water or is that lake or is that ocean or what is that? I believe it's ocean water. Okay. It all feeds in from the ocean, and I mean Prince William Sound is huge. So, mm. yeah, I'm not goes on. Huh. No, that's something I I um actually was it two years ago. Um, we were in Idaho. Me, Travis, Thomas, and a friend Caleb was he was mainly filming and stuff. But we were up there hunting and. Uh, <clears throat> craziest day it was actually travis's birthday i don't know if you've seen that video but there wasn't a really lot of didn't really capture a lot of the shooting just kind of the moments of the hunt but uh anyways trap we're 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 hunting we have probably i don't know because the limit's there seven and it's all mallards right and pretty much for the most part where we were and we hear this weird like sound between exactly what it was basically you would hear some like mallard buzz but then in the we it was so foggy we'd hear it you would hear like a mallard buzz but it sounded almost like a gadwall and we're like 
what in the world? You know, of course, we didn't put two and two together. We'll end up landing on the water on Travis's side. We couldn't really see it. And Travis is like, hey, hey, hey. He's trying to get this bird to jump so he could shoot it. <laughs> well, once he did, he goes, uh, he goes, it's a, um, oh, now my mind goes blank. Um, oh, my goodness. What's a, a gavel mallard cross? Um, Brewers, duck. Brewers. Oh, my goodness. I can't think. Really? He's all, it's the Brewers. It's the Brewers. And boom, boom, boom. Like 20 yards away. I, I mean, the first shot, obviously, once it lifted up, it was 20 yards. And then it was flying away. Missed all three <laughs> shots. I've never seen Travis so just wrecked <laughs> after that. Oh, he was one that hit. Oh, he was literally, I think I seen tears in his eyes, which I don't even blame him. I would be too. And uh, I was like, we we're just kind of quiet. We're just like staring at him. And he just has his head down, looking like he's going to cry. He's like, I can't believe. <laughs> he must have talked to himself for 15 minutes after that. Just You could just hear him mumbling to himself. <laughs> and, yeah, no, that's uh, a real tough one. Oh, dude. Yeah. And uh, well, what's crazy is it's definitely not as crazy as a brewer's step. But I know they're not really in the area that we were at at all. Not even close to it. But all of a sudden, another bird, and again, it was so foggy, so a lot of times birds would come in and drop in the decoys before we even could hear them or see them come from that way or whatever. But um, it, uh, um, Goldeneye hits the water, and he's like, oh, that's a Goldeneye. I go, dude, that's a, I go, that's a, I think it was me or Thomas said, that's a Barrows. No, it was me. I definitely know, because I was about to shoot it. I've never shot a Barrows. Yeah. And I believe it or not, I actually felt bad enough for Travis missing that Brewer's I'm like, you can go ahead and shoot. I said, but if you miss three times, I'm shooting. <laughs> so he, he jumped it up and shot it, and we were all we were all stoked because that's Travis has been hunting for years and years, 30, 40, almost. Actually, he's probably been hunting for 40 plus, but wow, he's 50. I believe he's 50, so he's been hunting since a little kid, but he was stoked, and we were all super excited for him. It's a beautiful bird. I think he's actually mounted it or going to mount it. But it was cool. I mean, it was his birthday, and he really had that bad deal with the bear, you know, the brewer's duck. But anyways, oh, wow. I haven't shot one. I mean, it'd be cool to shoot in Idaho, but I think it would be really cool to shoot in Alaska, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're, you probably aren't super far from Washington either, right? I not too bad. Yeah, you can get there in like 13 hours, 12 hours. Yeah, that's not so bad. I know they shoot a lot up there on the coast. I know. And see, when we go, we always go like central or whatever. I really, it, the beauty really is on the on the west side, you know, and we want to get yeah. over there at some point and hunt some of those rivers with the, you know, the pines and the trees and just the lush. It's so lush over there, man. It, it's just gorgeous oh, yeah. hunting. I've watched so many videos of guys over there. I'm like, we actually, Thomas and I were going to go last year and go like more like north, uh, western washington but mm -hmm. that plan got kind of canceled from something else but have you been to washington yet um i have not my dad actually went um quite a few years ago um with some buddies and you know just i've seen some pictures he was hunted the columbia river mm -hmm. or and the uh, penderile river mm -hmm. over there actually sorry and uh just the pictures that he has and it's just crazy it's you know it's I would say it's kind of similar to stuff I saw in Alaska, but I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> That's saying a lot when you can say it looks similar to Alaska. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's kind of similar, but like it's, I'm sure it's its own experience. Like, right. Right. But just the fact of how beautiful it is up there in that Northwest area, 
North Pacific. Yeah. Northwest oh, yeah. Pacific. Yeah. So um that being said, it, um yeah, I I'll tell you I remember what it was why we didn't go is because they closed Harlequin last year cuz we we have a couple of yeah. people that have been wanting to come up there with us to come up there and get some our Harlequins and so we were going to do that last year and found out they closed and we were pretty bummed. I'm like, man, they might not ever open that again, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what drove me to want to go to Alaska just because they're closing it down in Washington. How long is it really until they you know, decided to do something similar in Alaska. Mm-hmm. I know that is a and and see that like I said, once the government starts closing stuff down, I always get really nervous that they'll ever you know bring it back. I mean, I know there was some years that even Pintel you can even hunt Pintels, and actually we're getting close to that again. I mean, yeah, by the numbers of last year, yeah, they it was like only thirty thousand off before they said they would have closed it. Wow. I know they did the same thing with canvas bags here for a while too. You weren't allowed to shoot them. Hmm. How's how's the canvas back population doing now where you're at? Um I mean we're allowed to shoot them but we, we don't see too many. Um I usually shoot a couple a year. Mm-hmm. But um Is it limit one or two? One. One, okay. Huh. Um well, no, I'm sorry, sorry, it's two. Oh it's two. Sorry, okay. there's a lot of changes lately that uh Hard to keep track of. You're allowed to, but um, if you go like couple, probably five hours like northeast to me, there, there's some pretty really good canvas back coming mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Um, over like St. Clair River or St. Clair, Lake yeah. St. Clair. Oh, really? Because um, that's a but, um, really popular bass lake too, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, um, a lot of people go there. You can shoot a lot of canvas backs on the, on the Canada side. But I, a guy that I went to St. Paul with, he also guides over there. And he shoots quite a good number of canvas backs too. So hmm. like yeah. I said, never know. <laughs> I haven't shot a Drake. I shot one hen. Well, I shot a really nice Drake canvas back probably like 12, 13 years ago, which I don't really go to any places. I mean, we have them on the California coast and other and some other refuges around here that I could if I want to. I just never specifically did. But mm-hmm. um, last year was a really good year. I actually shot several. Um, really nice birds and actually Travis is going to do like a um, he's going to we're going to do a little bit of a different mount this time instead of a typical flying it's going to be basically like a swimming mount basically like a ghost hanger with the feet, yeah I've you know? seen those. yeah so I'm going to do that try that he's gonna, he's never done one so I'll, I'm usually the guinea pig because I don't mind if something <laughs> happens you know it's not like I'm a client or something but yeah oh that's awesome yeah but um, um so that's that I'm gonna gonna, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) I was gonna ask if you want to get back. I had a couple more trips to talk about. I know you. No, I do. Yeah, yeah. I want to get back to that. So you from from uh, from Alaska, the first trip. Where'd you go after that? Um. So then uh, I got home, and me and my girlfriend, we actually drove down to Georgia. Um. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, uh, what's his name, Mark Peterson? Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, he did the the guys that he hunted with when he did his like all he did all the ducks in yep. one year. Mm-hmm. So we hunted with, we hunted with the same guys that he did when he got his canvas back down there. Oh really? Um, so we were on Lake Seminole and okay. uh, we hunted there for like one day because they only had one day open. But then I met a couple guys on Facebook and we drove a couple extra hours and hunted down in Florida with them. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, it was it was a kind of a crazy trip, a lot of crazy weather, but. Um, so we got to hunt the canvas bags, just like in the video. You know, they build you a little blind out of bamboo. 
you kind of stand in the middle. Um, birds flying all around you. It's really cool, actually. Um, and it's, like I said, we went down to Florida, got to shoot some at some uh, tree ducks and ringnecks, stuff like that. So it was just a lot of different experiences, um, really. And that's kind of what I was after. So Right. Well, that's like the year of your life, and that's not even all, right? There, so, no. well, let's talk so we about the, let's talk about the Florida trip for a minute, because uh, I'd like to yeah. do that. So, uh, like, where at in Florida? Are you central, northern, southern? Um, so we actually went to like the northwest part of Florida. It's kind of hard to explain. It was by uh, like it's called Ocala, Ocala. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of like centralish, like northern central mm-hmm. Florida. Um. Like I said, I, I met a couple of my buddy, buddies on Facebook, and they are like, yeah, just come on down. We'll take you hunting. And um, like, it, it, like I said, we shot a couple uh, tree ducks. We're actually, me and my dad are going back this year. We're going to try and get some fulvis. But, uh, um, so you got, the, cool. you got the whistling tree duck, right? This is what you shot? Uh, black belly. Oh, black yeah. belly. Okay. Yeah, so I got the black belly and the uh, fulvis. We're going, like I said, we're going after this year. Yeah. So we're going to be heading back down there. But, um. Yeah, it was definitely cool. <laughs> and that was just with a, some friends you had on Facebook that, that you did that trip? Yeah. yeah, I posted on one of the Florida um, Facebook groups, and I had a guy reach out. We talked for, I don't know, a month or two, and you know, just kind of became friends. And I mentioned that we were going down there, and he said, yeah, why don't you guys come down and hunt with us? So um, I said, me and my girlfriend got to go down there and shoot some birds. So hmm. I know she enjoyed the warm weather. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet. What now? What kind of what, what was the setting like as far as what you were hunting in, like the environment? Um, I know the one day we were in like a site, like surrounded by cypress trees. Mm. Um, we were shooting. Actually, we were shooting wood ducks that day, wood mm. ducks and ringnecks. Um, it was yeah, it was just cypress trees everywhere. Kind of weird. I've never been in anything like that. Um, kind of reminded me a lot of like swamp people. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um. But the second day, we were just in this pond. It was just completely covered in lily pads everywhere. Like, you, they all had mud motors mm-hmm. or surface drive, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much the only way you could get anywhere out there. Mm. But just, you probably seen some alligators too, of, huh? Um, actually, I didn't see any when we were down there in Florida. Um, I actually saw a bunch of alligators when I was in Texas for teal. Um, the one pond we hunted had probably 15 of them on there. Oh, sheesh. That's yeah. scary. To, I'm sure guys almost don't even want to use dogs out there, huh? Just for well, that. Well, there's some guys that do. That's why I didn't take my dog because we're not from there. But, like, some of the guys that we met and we were just talking to them, they are like, telling us how they have to, like, race the gators out to their birds when they drop them because they knew, like, that you were if you shot a bird, it would fall in the water and there was their meal. And uh, you had to, like, chase them out there and... <laughs> definitely nerve-wracking shining your flashlight and seeing all those sets of eyes oh man i bet dark huh so the so the floor so you shot the black belly tree ducks and some wood ducks you said and some ringers yeah that's cool that's it and just being in those cypress trees that's got to really be a cool experience yeah it's i'll say it's just like you see in the, like you know swamp people or anything like it's, it's just so cool like it doesn't you can't it's put it not, into words, huh? Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to see it in person to really huh. know what's going on. See, that's the kind of stuff. Those I I want to go because as far as somebody that takes pictures too, I love just like that setting. I'd be loved to get take pictures and vid, like B roll video of that kind of stuff because that's just so yeah. cool. 
Yeah, definitely. It's not awesome. that I haven't experienced cool stuff out here. I'm just saying it's something different. You haven't been. I don't know. You guys got some cool stuff out there. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah. So then we that was actually right before Christmas. We uh, we drove back. I think the night before Christmas Eve and spent all got home Christmas Eve morning. And then Christmas Day, I left and went to St. Paul. Mm. And that now that trip, <laughs> oh, man, that's that's a it's a tiring one. Mm. Um, you know, uh, they talk a lot. Um, just getting to the island is half the battle because mm. um, they have those tiny planes and um, they only do it every couple days. Um, so, like, just like the other trip, I flew into Anchorage. And uh, from there, I went through Raven, Alaska. They have uh, like little 20 passenger planes you can mm-hmm. fly to the island. Um, some people use charters because they don't get canceled as much. Um, the Raven flights, there's a lot of delays and cancellations. So it's a little bit riskier. But uh, I was lucky <laughs> getting to the island. I, it was pretty easy, um, at least using getting to the island. But I lost my luggage oh. <laughs> in Seattle. So. That was not fun. I bet. Did you fly with your own guns or did you? Um, yeah. You did? No, I brought them. Yeah, so usually what I do when I go on a trip is I take one gun case and, you you know, you pack as much as you can in there because you're allowed to have other stuff in there mm-hmm. other than your guns and ammo. Mm-hmm. So I put as much stuff as I can in that and then I have my other bag. But um, for at least for Raven, Alaska, the guns are like must-fly items. They won't get bumped to like next the next flight so that way if you can make sure you have at least enough stuff to get you by till the next flight comes mm, i gotcha hmm. but uh so who what what outfit did you go with for the saint paul trip uh so i went with king eider adventures um that's run by jeremy Ullman. he lived like uh, i mentioned before he lives over in michigan kind of by like saint Clair, like saint Clair. um yeah no he's an awesome guy um like I said, I lost my luggage, my guns, my ammo, all that stuff, and he had he had plenty of that, you know, to at least get me by until my stuff came. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, didn't get, I would have been screwed, obviously, with no gun or or shotgun shells. So, right. Um, yeah, no, we had a I had an amazing time. That's that's something I don't think it can ever be replicated. It's you know the some people um, like you can hunt from shore there. But out being out on the uh, this uh, Bering Sea in the boat in ten foot waves, <laughs> that's not something you'll ever. Like I said something you can't replicate. Okay. Did you get Did you get sick? No, no. Luckily, I don't get seasick. So oh, you lucky dog. Yeah. No, my dad he gets super super seasick, so he can't really do much of that anymore. But I, I, other than being like incredibly wet. I mean, being on the boat was fine. <laughs> wow. I wish that didn't bother me. I've never taken nothing to not get sick, though, the couple times that I've been out. So, hope, I don't know. Maybe that would be. But it would be worth it to get the experience. You just got to do it. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. My dad, he, he says Dramamine helps him a lot. Um, Did he go on that trip? No. <laughs> no, I tried to get him to go, but uh, he's not. He has no interest in going to Alaska. Oh, really? It's too cold, he says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's too. He, he's getting up there and he's yeah. really too old. Yeah, he's doing all that. Who'd you say that was with? What was the name of that 
Jeremy Ullman, uh, King Eider Adventures. Oh, King Eider Adventures. Okay. Yeah. He, so he hasn't been up there as long as the other ones, but man, he, he knows his stuff. Um, I, I don't want to say anything bad, but like he, compared to other pe- guys, he made sure we were up there. He was helping us pick out the nice, what, or I guess really whatever bird he wants. So like I was after nice Drake King Eiders. Mm. So he helped me pick out the dr- nice Drakes, not just some juveniles or, uh, hens stuff like that yeah um, but and he's an awesome captain he like i said you're in 10 foot waves at some point and like i never really felt like scared you know it was like you know i, I just felt safe being out there you know? right just awesome <laughs> i think i shot my first bird the first one i shot was about 70 yards out <laughs> oh wow yeah so you gotta so, sometimes you, you know you just gotta take what you're given and that's why i was kind of talking about is it, it was a trophy hunt, you know, you can't right. just, yeah. So what, I think, well, I'm curious what ammo you were using, were you using still or did you use something a little heavier? Um, so he told me that he recommends using, um, business, business, huh? like, so we use boss, um, like three, five duplex loads. Mm-hmm. And like, there was a couple of guys up there who didn't have boss and my birds were dropping stone cold dead. Like I said, at seven, 70 yards, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that has to do with the shooting or the performance of the shells, but right. I was having no problem knocking down birds out there. Now, did you ever see, I'm not, I, I've uh, hunted old squad stuff on, uh, I think it was Lake Michigan and um, was it Lake Michigan right next to Wisconsin? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's like that's Anyways, those suckers are tough. Like Yeah. <laughs> even though they're they're not that big, but I mean they are like they're the size in my opinion, they're like the size of like a, a widgeon or something, maybe. But yeah. they I mean they are swimmers. Like we maybe if you made a bad shot on one, you would see it go under and you wouldn't see it you'd see it come out two hundred yards away within a matter of seconds. it was actually Unless you see it for yourself, you would think I'm lying. You know, like I've never yeah, seen something swim so fast. It's crazy. So there was actually when I was up there, there was a lot of old school out there, mm-hmm. and I've never like I've shot them, but I've never shot any real nice drakes. So mm-hmm. um, they, those are tough ones to hit. I think that's probably the hardest bird for me to hit. But yeah. uh, I, I was able to. You're, so um, out of state hunters are allowed four birds um, of each species. Mm-hmm. I think up to twenty birds per year. Even the king eider, yeah. Oh, I thought it was only two. No, so you're allowed four. Okay. Uh, like total, so, uh, like meaning yeah, four of each species. Four. Oh, four of each species. No, wait. You're just saying you could shoot four for the whole year, right? Yeah. And so you could, uh, and old squaw, same thing. Four for the whole year. Yeah. Same thing. You shoot four old squaw, four harlequin, four king eiders, whatever, up until twenty birds. Oh, really? And now, what about, like, and is that for the whole state of Alaska? Yeah. So what about, like, mallards and stuff? Um, is that totally different? Yeah. Like, you can shoot a full I, limit? I think it's different. I, I I only went up there for sea ducks. Yeah. So I didn't look much into that. But I I know, like, the Alaska residents, some of the guys that I was hunting up there with, they could shoot up to 10 birds a day. So Wow. Like, they were, if they wanted to, they could have shot 10 king eiders per day and... You know. For the whole season? <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, they're like 10 per day every Yeah, the whole season. Holy smokes. Oh, you mean that's... You're literally saying they could shoot 10 a day for the whole season every day? Yeah. 
Holy smokes. Why won't we... Man, that's pretty... Uh, <laughs> that's pretty liberal. Well, you guys are allowed eight, aren't you? No, we're seven. But that's not oh, seven. seven. Like, we could do seven mallards, but, like, we couldn't... If anything was semi, I guess, rare, which I don't know, are King Eiders kind of considered rare? I mean... Oh, yeah. So there's only really two places in the world that you can... Right. Uh, that you can... Uh, what am I trying to say? Target them. Right. I'm just surprised they would allow that many take to take per day, which I'm, I'm sure no one's doing that, but... Yeah. No, just, usually the people that go on those trips are, you know... They're more concerned for their trophy birds yeah. and not not just there for numbers. Yeah. So how was it shooting your first one? Do you what explain to us that moment on the first one you shot? Well, yeah, so we were sitting out there, you know, just so sunrise about like ten thirty. So we're sitting there and we're just going through and you know, start seeing birds, but nothing's coming close and uh we're just going through these waves and all of a sudden he's like, Oh, there's one. So I turn around. And right as I turn around, there's a big wave comes through and like knocks me over on my side. <laughs> and as I'm falling, I shoot at it and I, I just hit it. And it was like, I, it was about like 70 yards away. And <laughs> there, there's just nothing. I, I, after that fell, I felt like such a sigh of relief because the whole trip up there, I was worried about, you know, going through all of this and then how am I going to end up shooting? Like, am I going <laughs> to, yeah. I was really scared I'd get up there and choke. Right, right. Wow, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's a crazy feeling. Well, I bet it's hard retrieving them too, because if you're getting ten foot waves, and that thing's gonna disappear every time a wave lifts up, right? Like it's going. I mean, obviously they're super bright, so that probably helps a lot. But I remember we were only having like four foot waves when we did that Lake Michigan deal, and the bird would appear because it'd be at the top of the wave, and then it would disappear. You know, like it was just like, oh man, it's kind of yeah. No, <laughs> it's they're they're. They definitely were disappearing like that. You have to keep an eye on it. And uh, like I know the 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 second time I shot at the Kings, I dropped two two and one um, one flyby. So I was like, you know, <laughs> you had to keep an eye on two separate places where they were at. And I actually have a video of us when we were retrieving them. Um, it, it's just really cool to see them floating in the water. If they're oh man, they're actually not as they're not as big as I thought they were gonna be. Oh really? Um, they're the ones that, at least the ones that I shot were a little smaller than my dad's, um, like, uh, common eiders that he shot. Okay. I was actually going to ask you that because, uh, when I went to Montana with Travis to that guy, Eugene, that trained him, he, he was actually putting together a, uh, common. I was like, this thing is huge, man. And I was assuming King Eider was be about the same size. So they're a little smaller, huh? Yeah. And I was, I was very surprised, but then. Um, so like, I know common eiders, they're a little bit bigger, but then there's also a Pacific eider. Yep. They, I think they usually shoot them in like cold Bay and they're even bigger than that. That's oh, like really? the biggest part. Like from what I hear, they're just giant. Huh? Wow. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, <laughs> just, you know, I, th- I'll have to send you some pictures cause oh, I love it. seeing them floating in the water as you're getting up there trying to grab them, the crazy waves, like. It was just awesome, <laughs> dude. You're getting me all pumped up, man. I want to. I gotta do that. I have to do that before they say you can't do it no more. Yeah, no. I w- I would highly recommend. Like that's that's a trip. I think everyone, at least any hardcore waterfowl, right. should take. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I I literally can say it's been a dream since I was early early teens. Like I literally wanted to go. <laughs> I just want to go to Alaska in general, just because it's so beautiful there. But yeah, to be able to go there awesome. for that hunt is just like a dream. 
I actually yeah, called the guy last year, um, and I don't remember which guy it was, and we were supposed to get something. He was supposed to send the paperwork, and he, he ended up never sending it. But I'm like, well, you know what? I'll just save. And then when one of those deals pops up where they're like, hey, we need to fill a spot. We'll give you a little bit of discount. I'm just going to have to be ready, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's one of them things, like I said, I did it last minute, probably like three weeks before the actual trip. Um, and uh, you just got to be ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. Mm. But I would, I would definitely highly recommend Jeremy. Um, okay. Like we lived, so when I was up there, it was um, his his fees, including like lodging, food, all that stuff. They, that's what most of the guys up there do. But like you know, he cooked some awesome food. You got to live in the house with him. You know, just kind of got to like hang out with. You know, it's not just a business up there. To right. Him. Like he's up there. You know, doing making sure giving people a trip of a lifetime. He's not just worried about money and you know, pile picks. Yeah. Right. Right. No, that's I'll I'll be looking into that then for sure. Cause that sounds like the kind of person I won't go with. I've, I've went with some guide things before and I've had some bad experiences and I was really disappointed. Just like you said, it was more just like flushing people through and you know, whatever you got a business to run and some people don't mind that. Um, but I'm more looking for the whole experience in general, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That's that's what I told them. Like, man, I'm just after like an awesome experience. You know, maybe get get some. You know, the birds are a bonus, but uh, just you know, getting to hang. He's a really cool guy, and it was cool to be up there with him and mm-hmm. his people. So that's cool. Did you go anywhere after that? Did that wrap you up? That probably drained you dry. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I came home, and then uh, about two, probably two weeks later, we went to Maryland. We actually went and hunted. Um, with Jeff Coates of for Pit Boss Waterfowl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Over over in Ocean City, um, I know I told you before, but that he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, another one of those guys, like I said, not in it for the money. He's mm-hmm. there giving you a great time. Um, there's he pretty much has the birds over there down pat. Like if you if you don't shoot your birds, you, <laughs> it's it's because of you, not him. Right. But uh. What yeah, birds so were you? Or, what birds were you shooting down there? Uh, black scoters and surf scoters. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, so that was cool. We were out on the Atlantic Ocean. So um, he he actually has the world's largest duck boat. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, I have. Yeah, yeah. Not in person, but I've seen it on his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, no, that thing is awesome. <laughs> That's cool. He seems like a really like fun guy to be around, just because he's like super wound up. It seemed like and like likes to have a good time yeah oh yeah definitely and uh it was it was really awesome because like he he's building that um new headquarters where mm-hmm. he's gonna have lodging and all that and he like had us come over was showing us around while they're building it just kind of showing us what he's got going on over there and it was just really cool to see do you does he lodge people where he's at now or do you just stay in like a hotel or something and meet up with them uh not right now um we stayed in an airbnb in ocean city mm-hmm. um January is kind of their off season, so there's a lot of places to stay. Mm. But uh, that, at least what he had said before to us, is he's building that new headquarters and it's going to have a place for lodging and food and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is really cool. That is cool. That's awesome. And, and did that wrap your season up right there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, Long- dude, you, you, I'm gonna call you Mark Peter Peterson Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, if I could get on that level. Yeah, you need a little bit of money for that, though, I think. Yeah. I was 
insane. Yeah, I watched that show. I was like, dude, that guy had racked some money because he went and shot his his King Eiders in uh, Greenland, right? Yeah. Yeah. I need so, to get him on here. Talk about yeah, that. He should, he, yeah, I'm sure he has. Because he also did the South America Grand Slam, too. Um, I think that one is only like 18 birds, but there's some weird stuff in there. Oh, I bet. You know? I know he did that one too. It was really cool. Um, yeah, that guy. I, I actually talked to him on YouTube, like uh, through like comments and stuff, and mm-hmm. we we're talking about it. But I, he's really lucky to be able to do that. No kidding. Yeah, that's really cool. And he was doing that during COVID, which really made things a lot tougher. He's really lucky he got into Greenland. From what the video I was watching of his. Said how yeah. you know they were basically not letting people come in from any other countries, and I don't know how they must have willed and dilled those guys or something. Yeah, I know he had to do like a quarantine for a while. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, <laughs> it seemed like it was definitely tough. I know. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a tough because they were still doing kind of COVID stuff when I was on St. Paul because this this year was the first year they opened it back up after COVID, um, which is kind of also why I wanted to go because that means the birds haven't been shot at for a year mm-hmm. or two, but, um, like, yeah, when we, we went there, we had to submit the test and go get like, uh, we had to submit a COVID test before we flew. And then once we got there, we had to submit one and then it was just kind of a pain, but they're probably not doing that now, huh? Uh, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> this was just last December. They were still doing it. So, Oh really? Yeah, that's true. Huh? It was not that long ago. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, they might do that for a little longer just because they're kind of out there by themselves. Don't want to keep it keep it clean, I guess. But well, yeah. man, uh, this has been great. That what a trip! I mean, my goodness, <laughs> what a year! Yeah, and uh, next season's kind of looking about the same. So. What do you got? What do you got in store? Just a quick overall, um, general. So, believe it or not, I'm actually going back to Texas for Teal's okay. opener. Then we're going to our annual North Dakota, but then. Uh, after that, right now, I currently have a trip set up to go to Florida for the full risk, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Maine. We're going to shoot, um, hopefully, the white wing scoters and commoniters. And then I'm also supposed to go down to Southern California, hopefully, to try and shoot some cinnamons. Oh, nice. Well, right on, man. Did you got, Did yeah. you find a guy? I, there, I know there's a one guy I know of down there. That, Are you uh, Breck? Who? Breck Dickinson. Yeah, I think that. Hey, older guy? He, yeah, he is yeah. like the guy for Simmons. Yeah, he's booked out till like 2027. Huh. Is he really? That, yeah. Oh, like, he because he's, he's almost days. he's a guarantee. That's there's no, yeah. see we shoot Cinnamons. Um, we'll go in waves, right? Like I think this is like the third year that we've shot quite a bit. But before that, it was real spotty where we hunted. I mean, there's certain places you could go, but it was not a guarantee. Where he's yeah. at is like it is a guarantee. So. So that's actually we're going somewhere kind of close there down. I think it's like El Centro. Or something. Yeah, that's like that's a that's on the border, like literally. <laughs> I know, I'm a little nervous. Cause that's another trip I'm going by myself. So, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, high. that border's sketchy down there. I worked actually down there for a little bit doing some crop dusting, and I was like, this is not where I want to be right now. I end up saying I was debating on taking that job, so I did a, like a little a week long like try out and i was like nah i'm good i'm gonna go stay back a little farther <laughs> away from the border but yeah i'd go down there to hunt for sure yeah it'd be cool yeah um i'll say i met a guy like another guy on facebook who lives down there and he's kind of told us he's like yeah just come down and you know we'll try and hook you up 
So we'll see. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, whenever you come down here, text me. I mean, the only thing is you're a long ways from where I'm at down there. But if you want to drive or whatever, I don't know what your plans are, but you're more than welcome to meet up with us and do something too. So Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, really you're probably about, about eight, seven, eight hours <laughs> from us. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a bit it's of a kind ways. of funny when you think we're in the same state too, and that's not even halfway to the other yeah. border. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. If you're ever over here and like close to us, we can let me know. We can try and set something up. Yeah, yeah. I got arms and big water marshes, whatever. I mean, I know. Yeah, well, uh, we've up. been we've been getting the itch to go back to Wisconsin. That for our, our buddy that's there, he's been like dying for us to come back, and I, I really do just because. It's just beautiful. Like the northern, you know, way up there in northern Wisconsin is just like, man, it's another world up there. And like you said, you were kind of saying this about Maryland. Like there's nobody there during duck season. Like all the tourists and everybody and even locals that stay up there during the summer are gone. It's yeah, like ghost it's town. <laughs> but it's cool because like you feel like you have it to yourself, you know. So yeah. maybe that I was. I know we had a hard time even finding places to eat dinner. <laughs> oh, they yeah, they're shutting everything down, huh? Yeah, yeah close that, down at like eight. But you were in you were in Maryland, right? For that, or, I mean, you were in. Yeah. Jan, it was January, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's so it's so harsh. There's just nothing. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool though. It's different. Can't yeah. get the midnight munchies because you ain't gonna find nothing to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we we drove all night and got. We ended up getting there at like nine at nine thirty at night, and like I said, everything closes at like eight. Mm-hmm. So. We had to drive around for like an hour before we finally found a little Mexican restaurant that was open. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Well, what we'll, I definitely want to somehow because you know Jordan's in Indiana too, so it'd be kind of a cool. Those aren't that far apart. You can just kind of swing around there. It'd be kind of neat. Yeah, need definitely. some more guys. So. You know, we, we may be the armpit of the country, but there's every once in a while we're getting to some ducks. <laughs> I don't think you're the armpit. I would say California is probably the armpit of the country. Oh, at, at least the the politicians are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm talking about duck hunting. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. We're not. Not very many people are picking that as their spot to go. But, anyways. All right, man. Well, thanks, Clay, for coming on. I really enjoyed talking to you. That was super insightful and interesting. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's it's hard to find people as, you know, dedicated as as I am or people who are as crazy as we are. Yeah. So yeah. I always enjoy getting to meet new people who share the same interests. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um I've been called crazy once or twice in my life <laughs> for a waterfowl. So all right. Yeah. Well guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Give it a rating review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. And again, Clay, thank you for coming on. Guys, check him out. Turpin Clay 22 on Instagram, and it was a pleasure having you again, Clay. Thank you. Yep. I really appreciate it. We'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs>